Maria Nemeth. I'm a PhD psychologist, master certified coach, and the founder and director of the Academy for Coaching Excellence. This podcast is about you and your relationship with money. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Maria, and you're listening to the Money Podcast, the Energy of Money Podcast. I am thrilled that uh, whoever you are listening to this at this moment, I'm thrilled that you're here. I want to talk about something that has troubled us in our lives ever since we arose and started looking at life, you know, even thousands of years ago. And that is scarcity, scarcity, scarcity or scare city or scar city, depending upon how you uh, you see it. But there is that sense of scare when we say the word scarcity. Yes, I am here to say that scarcity, the experience of it, is one of your greatest teachers. And let me let me look at this. Uh, roll this back and look at it together. Because by the end of this session of the podcast, I'm hoping that you will, at the very least for yourself, become intrigued or curious about how scarcity shows up in your life, as well as having some curiosity about how you might turn scarcity into a lesson. Now, we all dream of uh, a life in which we experience abundance and meaning that uh, whatever we want is there. Our needs are immediately uh, recognized and fulfilled. And, you know, on one hand, that may sound pretty good, but what if a genie appeared to you? You know, you're rubbing a lamp and a genie comes and says, listen, you have one wish to be fulfilled. You have one wish. And you say to the genie, well, I want to experience that whatever I want, I can simply say the words, I want this, and it will appear in front of me. Just that, just like that. You know, if I say I want a palace, it's there. If I say I want to have a huge yacht, it's there. And the genie says, okay, it's it, granted, granted. And he disappears, and all of a sudden, you're in a place where whatever you want, all you have to do is say, I want this, and it shows up. So you start small, maybe, saying, I want to have a uh, five-bedroom home overlooking the ocean, just beautiful, snap, you're there. And you start wishing for other things to put in this home, and the minute you wish for them, they're there now. The question becomes this, how long would you really want to exist in a world in which anything you wanted, all you had to do is, you know, snap your finger and it was there. I say that maybe after a couple of days, it would get terribly boring, terribly boring. Why? Because you didn't have to do anything to get it. You didn't have to work for it. You didn't have to develop uh, your innate capacity, your courage to go out 
for a goal or dream and actually accomplish it. There'd be no accomplishment here. So success would be wiped off the table for you, wouldn't it? You know, that sense of creativity and yes, I got this. I worked hard for it, but I got it. Look at how strong I am. See, your best lessons in life come from the experience of scarcity. That means not having immediately what you want. So scarcity, the truth of it is that scarcity was with us hundreds of thousands of years ago, where there were scarce ways of finding a way to cover ourselves when it was cold, or you know, we had to learn how to uh, create tools to go and dig up the stuff that we wanted. And, you know, there was a lot of learning. There was a lot of, uh, you know, (laughs) failure as well as success. So the question becomes, are we really born to have abundance in life? Or are we born to experience scarcity and to learn from it, to learn how to be sufficient to learn how to be expedient, to learn how to overcome obstacles. Because if we were to think of it, you know, we have these two realms to uh, work with in life. And there's this imaginary border or line that separates the two of them. Below the line, you can imagine, is the reality of, of visionary reality where we can have goals and dreams and uh, desire something. And then there's physical reality. And physical reality is the home of people, places, and things, and limits. Limits. Because in order for something to exist in physical reality, it has to have limits to surround it. Let me give you an example. And this is not just to be philosophical. This is a real example that you can... Think for yourself, okay? Let's say you have a pen. Here's a pen, physical reality. But let's say that this pen had no limits. Has no limits. In other words, if you could imagine this side of the pen expanding forever and ever, and then this side of the pen expanding, no limits to keep it in existence, what would happen eventually? And if you think of it, you'd see that the pen would disappear. The pen itself would disappear into everything. It would become nothing in and of itself. Because in order to exist in physical reality, there has to be limits. There has to be uh, a limit to our time to our uh, physical vitality. There have to be limits to our own creativity. But you see, a limit in creativity is the uh, moment for expansion. And that's what you and I truly desire. If you look basically, yes, there's things that I would love, love, love to have, you know, uh, Maria, <laughs> could say, you know, in terms of that, oh, five bedroom home on a cliff look, overlooking the ocean. 
give me that opportunity. You know, um, that's what so many people thought they would experience when they won the lottery. Because you see, the lottery, when people, I think someone actually has won a billion dollars at this point. Can you imagine that amount of energy? There's no scarcity. There's only energy. And, you know, I've worked with people who have won the lottery. And many of whom, at the end of five years, because they didn't know how to handle this abundant energy, they were actually in worse shape than they were before winning the lottery. And uh, you can always Google stories of people and you'll see them. You know, the bad business investments, uh, giving money away and uh, uh, just all sorts of things so that at the end of five years, they're having a very difficult time because they didn't know how to use that amount of energy. They didn't have a way to learn how to use it. And so it left. But getting back to scarcity, scarcity is something that's with you moment by moment in life. Think of it this way. I want you to, if you're listening to me right now, I want you to take a deep breath, you know, and hold it in. And don't breathe out. Don't breathe in anymore for a while. As the seconds move on, you begin to experience scarcity of oxygen. Think of it. Now, if you've held your breath, you can let it out. (laughs) Because I think you see what we've been talking about. You lose you're left with the scarcity of oxygen. So you and I live with scarcity all the time. Now, how to work with scarcity? You know, the moment you take an idea from visionary reality and place the idea in physical reality and you're starting to work toward it, yes? you will encounter obstacles. Obstacles are inevitable in our journey in physical reality. Now, when you encounter an obstacle, there's a number of ways to respond to it. You know, one is to say, you know, this is, this is scarcity. I hate it. What's wrong with my thinking? Did I, did I conjure up this obstacle? unconsciously what happened here and we start trying to change our view of the obstacle like it's no longer an obstacle it's it, it's i'm i have a an abundant mindset an abundant mindset doesn't help but the minute you look at whatever obstacle it is not having enough money for the dream not having enough time to accomplish it, not having enough support to bring it about. But the minute you look at that obstacle as a, uh, as a lesson, as a beneficial lesson, 
the minute you ask yourself the question, how might I learn to surmount this obstacle? The moment you shift that perspective, this obstacle becomes your friend. Why? Because as you look at ways to surmount it, like a scarcity of money, how do you surmount that? How do you handle that? Then you begin to, to create a pathway through. The minute you ask yourself, how might someone like me learn from this? I'm willing to learn. What's the first small sweet step that I might take? There was a woman, and I've quoted this in, in books, but it's just so, uh, just so illustrates this whole point. Uh, she wanted to open up a uh, bagel bakery. And she had the recipe. And she had the... Uh, she knew where to buy the equipment at a discount, and she had lined up the possibility of a small place that had a, a room for a kitchen where she could sell her bagels and, you know, a showroom and a little small kitchen. And she had talked to her uh, uncle, and the uncle said, you know, I can loan you $30,000 to open up your business. And he gave her an attractive uh, quote so that she wasn't paying a lot of interest, but something. And uh, two weeks as she was before she was about to get into this lease for the space, and had she had ordered the equipment, and she was about to press the uh, buy this, you know, in, in the cart, buy this. Her uncle phoned her and said, you know. I've had a terrible financial difficulty, and I can only uh, give you fifteen thousand dollars, not the thirty I pr promised. Now, it was I remember talking with her, and she was so distraught. And her first thoughts were, "Well, this is happening to me because I have a scarcity mindset. What's wrong with my mindset?" And I told her, "I said, Tracy, that is." Absolutely not the case. This is a chance for you to learn how to raise the extra $15,000, which she did. How? By getting some micro loans from her friends. She had other friends who had the money to give her maybe four or $5,000 at a pop. And she lined up a few of them with this attractive um, interest. And she bought the equipment. She signed the lease. She ended up having a successful bagel bakery. As a matter of fact, you could smell, you could smell the bagels as you walked by her place on the sidewalk today. Her uh, bagel bakery is quite successful because she sends her bagels on to these boutique markets uh, that are looking for these gourmet bagels, and she's making a good living. Now, like any entrepreneur, especially a woman entrepreneur, 
there are um, things that she faces. You know, the obstacles don't stop there. But the question is, when you see one of them, do you run from it? Do you start analyzing what's wrong with your thinking? Do you start calling yourself, once again, I have this scarcity mindset and that's why I'm manifesting all of these things? No, it's how to be a successful entrepreneur means how to work with the inevitable obstacles that occur. And after a while, Tracy learned to have a uh, this kind of beneficial mindset when it came to facing scarcity in some way. I remember one time uh, there's a special bagel flour that she was getting. It had the right amount of gluten in it. I remember her telling me this. You know, it's it's more difficult to make a good bagel than you might think. And um, that store, the place that sent it to her, uh, went bankrupt and was no longer in existence. And she was panicked because she had some orders to get out to some markets. And I remember her just kind of being panicked for a moment and then uh, recovering and saying, okay, I'm experiencing a scarcity of flour as a limit. How might I creatively solve this? And she began writing down possible answers. Now, she learned uh, over the years that writing down possible answers um, took a little while. By a little while, it may 15, 20 minutes. But eventually, as she was writing down some possible answers, she'd get away from her fear of what was happening and getting away from that fear, some really good ideas were starting to show up, which she implemented and um, got the gluten flour that she needed from an alternative place. So why am I saying all this to you? It's because there's a real possibility for you to have scarcity become your friend. Yes. And that um, because something shows up as scarce in physical uh, uh, reality, meaning it's not available currently, it doesn't have anything to do with your thinking. You didn't create it. You know, in other words, Tracy didn't create that other uh, flour milling place to go bankrupt. She didn't. And the minute you turn and look at scarcity as a teacher, your heart opens. You're not scared. You see that scarcity is a natural part of living in physical reality. So that's all for now. I, I, I hope I'm saying some things that are useful for you because the minute you shift, uh, instead of seeing scarcity as a, as a dragon <laughs> that's going to eat you up, that you see it as a faithful friend asking you to learn the next lesson to show up as the courageous being that you really are.
the minute you can shift to see that, I say, you'll begin to live with a lot more clarity, focus, ease, and grace when it comes to scarcity. You'd like more money in your life? Okay. Don't sit and wish for it. Incidentally, because if you wished for it and all of a sudden money showed up, you'd be wrecked. (laughs) Why do I say that? Because you'd be thinking that just thinking about something will make it so. And the reason that wrecks you is because if I can think something positive and make it so, what happens if I think something negative? Oh, boy. So that kind of thinking will not produce something in physical reality. But when something inevitably comes up, greeting it as a learning, as a a friend that's teaching you even more creativity and courage, then you'll come to a solution much more quickly. And you won't be afraid anymore. And that's the most wonderful thing of all. Not to be afraid of this experience of scarcity. So, my friends, I hope this has been useful to you. And uh, I look forward to speaking with you again. Bye-bye for now.